Hey, everybody. Welcome to COVID Sunday. If you hate COVID, raise your hand. Oh, I hate COVID, too. If you don't have your hand up, shame on you. Anybody want to borrow my mask? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, man, I'm so stoked to be here. Hey, sixth graders, I know you already raised your hand. I was sitting there watching you. I want to say hello and welcome to DBSM. Uh, I get the privilege of being a part of DBSM, but I don't get the privilege of being here every week, every Sunday, and every Wednesday. So if you're a sixth grader, I just want to say hi. My name's Jason. You'll see me off and on. I get to hang out a lot with Keaton and Gabby and everybody. And you guys, can I, can I give you a secret? You won't tell anybody? This one person won't tell anybody? The rest of you will? I'm not telling you then. No, I'm serious. I'm not telling you then. <laughs> Y'all, for real, y'all want to hear a secret? Like a really good secret? Can somebody slap him? Well, before I tell you the secret, here's what I need you to do. I got a secret. Remind me, hey, who I can't see with the light. Is that? Yeah, it, yeah, you remind me I've got a secret. Before the moment, here's what I need to do. As Keaton said earlier, we live in really, really odd times, and we were dying to get you guys back here and to start this whole thing up again. Uh, so our elders worked with us and we, we made sure that we had a way and we promised our elders a few things. Number one, that we would wear masks on our way into the building until we were seated. And then once we were seated, we promised our elders, those people run our church by the way, that we would have one chair in between every student. Oh! So... Could you guys, it's totally cool. I don't blame you. It's awesome. Can y'all do me a favor? If you're sitting in a chair, leaders help me out here. If you're sitting in a chair right next to someone, can we just like add some chairs, move some around? I want you to sit by your buddies, but uh, you can like, uh, you know what you can do? You can just spread your chair out if you don't have another chair to separate you. Just make sure, if you will, that there's at least one chair in between you and the person next to you, okay? So that could be one chair's length. That could be one chair for real. That could be one imaginary chair. That could be one brown chair. That could be one black chair. That could be a great chair. A little more, a little more here. That's not one chair. That's not one chair. A little more here. Give me a big line right here. Yeah, is it smoky in here to y'all? Do we have a fog machine on or something? Yeah, a little chair there. Maybe you could just, I don't know. Yeah, slide down one. There you go. Look how smart you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right there in the middle, Caleb, help me out. Right there, y'all slide apart. You slide apart. Yeah, a little bit more. There you go. Right here, girls, y'all help me out. Y'all help me out. Because the elders are my bosses, and I want to go to them and say that we've honored um, what, we're, what we're saying we do. We want to be men and women of our word. So let's do that. Cool. Leaders, make sure we got a chair in between. Girls, if y'all help me out just a little bit, maybe dudes, y'all could help them out by scooting down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Y'all are good. Okay, cool. Thank you very much. Man, there, you have passed the COVID test for this morning. Good job. Right here. Could you all separate? Help, help, help me out a little bit. Help me out. Scoot down. Uh, right, I can't see with the lights. I'm sorry. You look like Javier Salazar for me, but I don't think you're not Javier. Um, I can't tell who you all are with these lights sometimes. Okay, cool. Leaders, if we don't look good, you all can see it better than I can. Help me out. Um, thank you. The reason we're doing that is we 
Um, we want to be as most loving as we can to all people. Can I just say something real quick to you middle schoolers? Wearing a mask is just... I don't know. Wearing a mask is, is annoying. And nobody likes it. But for right now, while we're figuring out stuff, our goal is to obey our governing authorities. We also are loving to all people. And so right now, we're figuring out the best way we can do just to see you because we love you. And man, we've missed you. We have missed being with you. So welcome back. How many have started school yet? How many like your school imploded and there is no school anymore? Yes, my prayers have been answered. Yeah, well, uh, school's coming. It's all going. We have missed your faces. It's so good to see you. Uh, online stuff is cool, but it's really not. So online stuff is awesome, but it's really not. We miss you. Uh, we miss people. We are so glad you're here. Because you know what? The church, really, at its core, it's a lot of things. But the church, us, it's a group of people who gather. And man, it's hard to be the church when you can't gather. So it's really fun to be here uh, sixth graders, Keaton said this earlier, welcome to our DBSM family. I'll be honest with you, sixth graders, you have entered, it's hard coming from fifth grade to sixth grade and entering this ministry and learning all this stuff and meeting all these new people. It's really hard when it's COVID and you're doing that. So sixth graders, you will forever be the class that entered into DBSM during COVID. No one else, God willing, please, Lord, will have that title, okay? Um, but you do, and so we're, we're really glad. But COVID has been exhausting. Have you, do you agree? Annoying at best. Absolutely ready for it to leave. Can anybody make that happen? What's that noise? What is it? Okay. Um, listen, here's what's going, our world has gone crazy and exhausting. Schools, like you don't even know what school's going to do or happen or what's happening or when it's happening or who's going to get and this is going to get. Uh, I have a friend, he's, uh, he's an assistant principal at a school, local school. He said they've made all of their high school hallways one way. So you can only walk one way. So part of me is like, that does nothing to help COVID, but that's cool. So if you have a class like right here, Sorry, you got to walk one way, like around the whole building to get to your class. Why are you 35 minutes late? I had to walk one way, right? So school is up in arms. Why is my mic popping? Um, school, COVID got into my mic. You're right. COVID got into my mic. Well, Ryan, do I need to rip this thing off and yell? I can yell all day. Um, so businesses... Some of your parents may have been impacted by this, that businesses are like, some are closed, some are closed forever. I've had some friends having to close their business forever. Unbelievable things. Unbelievable things that have gone on. Families are stressed out. Do you know that the rise in family tension, I'm going to leave it there to be, to be nice, it's risen more than anything in our recent history. Uh, because families are at home, there's so much tension between families. I mean, you got schools, you got businesses, families, the mask debate. There's, there's been, you know what's hilarious to me? One of the most polarizing things right now in our country 
is a mask. Do you wear it or do you not? And it's like one of the most polarizing things, right? Not abortion, but a mask. So here's where we are, and there's an unrest there, and it's just exhausting to go through that. Our economy, meaning like there might be some great financial stresses in there, and it's just exhausting. And it reminds me, my oldest son, if y'all haven't ever met him, his name's Cameron, he's six. When he was two years old, it reminds me of this like string of events that I went through with Cameron. You see, I failed as a dad a lot, but I have succeeded and nailed it at one thing. My sons, two of the three of them, one of them can't talk, can't think, he doesn't know who he is, who he is. I made sure their first stuffed toy was none other than Leonardo of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is my greatest success as a dad. My kids are obsessed with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. When I get to heaven, the Lord will say, you weren't a great father. Oh, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. That shouldn't say that. But he will say, you were, did one thing wonderfully. Well done, good and faithful servant. You're, you made your kids love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think God will say that. I really don't. But this is what he loved. And this is one of his first, like, stuffed, do you call this an animal? It's an animal. Stuffed thingies, stuffed mutants. This was one of his first ones. And when Cameron was two, he would take Leo, and he loved Leo. We now have all four of these turtles, and my sons fight over them. But when he was two, he would sleep with this thing every night. But there would be an unrest in Cameron almost every night. He didn't like, he still didn't like going to sleep. He didn't like going to sleep. There was unrest. It was just a little bit uncomfortable. It was a little bit crazy. It was a little bit hectic. And he would take this Leo. That's all he wanted. He would get in there and he would go, Daddy, Weo. Weo. Daddy, Weo. And he would get grumpy and he would cry. It kind of reminds me of where we are today. Like we're grumpy, we're frustrated, we're uncomfortable, and we're kind of like Cameron going to bed. And he goes, Daddy, give me Weo. Give me Weo. And he wants Weo so bad. And so I would go and I would scour the house to find Weo. And I would give him Weo. And he would crawl into his bed. And he would hold Weo. And you know what he would do? I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to. He would cry and whine, and he was still uncomfortable, even when I gave him Weo. Isn't that crazy? That he would do this and he would repeat this cycle. And then finally he would stretch out his arms and say, Daddy, Daddy. And he would put down Weo and he would look for me, and I would hold him and I would hug him and I would say, It's okay. And he would get calm. And then he would say, I'm ready to go back to bed. And I'd lay him in his bed. And you know what he'd do? Ah, I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to go to bed. Give me Weo. And I would hand him Weo. And he would snuggle Weo. And he would crawl in his bed. And you know what he would do? Ah, oh, give me Weo. But Weo was his favorite toy and he looked to this to find rest but when he got it it didn't give him what he thought it would I thought about my son because right now there's so much of us that there's just this unrest 
there are these burdens that are unprecedented to us. What's your Leo? What are you reaching for that you're grabbing for that you're saying, man, if I just had this, if I could just be around my friends again, if I could just get in the school again, if football's canceled, I'm canceled because that's all I got. If my parents could just, if we could just, and you're reaching for it, and then when you get it, guess what? You're still not at rest. You're still not finding what we would call peace. There's no comfort in this stuffed toy, yet the cycle is repeated and the cycle is repeated. So when someone asks you the question today, hey, how are you doing? And you've answered something along the lines of, man, I'm okay, but I'm so over COVID. I'm okay, but I'm just a little tired. I'm okay, but man, something's off. We have burdens that cause unrest, especially now. You know what we look to? We might not look to Leo, but we look to things like the friend groups we have. We look to the sports we play. We look to the girl or the guy we're dating. We look to the family we have, the money we have, the things we have. We look to, there's a natural drift that when we're uneasy or unrested, that we look to these things to comfort us. And then when we grab Leo, we realize that it didn't work. So in a time of COVID, in a time of unrest, where will you find your rest? Where will you find a relief for these burdens? Because all of these things, your parents' approval, if we could just get my parents' approval. Hey, hey, listen to this one. If we could just get a vaccine, life is good again. Let me tell you something. Vaccine, fantastic. I hope it comes tomorrow. No problem. Woohoo! But a vaccine's just like Leo. A vaccine doesn't bring you rest, it doesn't bring you comfort. A mask doesn't do that either. The lack of a mask or wearing it doesn't bring you comfort and rest. So what will? Can I show you what will? Can I show you through one of my favorite stories what will bring you rest and relieve your burdens today? It will relieve the burdens that COVID or family or school or whatever might cause you through one story. It's in John chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to bring your Bibles. I'd love for you to open them in John chapter 4. Um, do me a favor. If you have your Bible on your phone, we're going to do something different this year. We're not going to allow Bibles on phones uh, for a lot of reasons. We'll get into that later. But if you have a phone, put it away. Uh, if you have a paper Bible, open it up. Uh, if you have a Bible written on stone, that's fine too. But um, if you don't, that's cool. And so we'll be in John chapter 4. And I want to show you the story of a woman who meets Jesus and he relieves all of her burdens and gives her rest. He relieves three great burdens that this woman has and gives her rest. L let me set the story up for you and tell you about this woman. In John chapter 4, in verses 1 through 5, you see kind of the journey begin. You see, Jesus is on a journey. And Jesus is going to, to walk through, there's, there's, to where he's going, there's three paths to get there. Kind of, you know, roads. They didn't, have the, they didn't get in the truck and drive. They, you know, didn't have those things back then. And there was one place called the King's Highway. Not important, but it went through a place that's important. The place was called Samaria. Now, here's the crazy thing. Jesus was a Jew. 
the Samaritan people were actually hated by the Jews and vice versa. You know why? Because the Samaritan people were actually kind of half-breeds. There was some fighting and some conquering, and we captured them and whatever. And so they would, the Assyrians, these people, they took the Jews, a, a group of people, and they married them because they were trying to literally breed them out of existence. And so the Samaritan people were half-breeds. They were half-breeds, and they also rejected the Jewish God, Yahweh. And so they were not liked by Jews. So if a Jew was walking down, a Jew would go around Samaria, but Jesus didn't go around. Matter of fact, if you look at the passage, it says this in, in verse, uh, verse 4, that Jesus had to pass through Samaria. He didn't physically have to. There were other routes to go. But you know why he had to? Because there was a woman who was at a well, who was a Samaritan woman, that he had to meet. And he knew it. And so he's walking through because this woman is full of burdens. This woman is full of unrest. And Jesus is going to what some call a divine appointment to find this one woman. And this one woman, is here's something crazy about her. Because think about this. For Jesus to go through Samaria is like, um, any of y'all play football? Well, like if there were football still. Yeah. Where do you, where do you play at? Crumb. Crumb, do you have a rival? Do you have a, a team that, like, we don't like? Aubrey, anybody from Aubrey? Anybody play football at Aubrey? Dang, I wanted to start a fight. Well, hey, so let's say Crumb and Aubrey are playing football, and, and me and Billy are at the game watching you beat Aubrey, unless there's somebody from Aubrey in here. We'll talk later. And, and we're watching you, and I'm going to go get a hot dog. I got two choices. I can walk through the Crumb, excuse me, I can walk through the Crumb section, Excuse me, I'm getting a hot dog, getting a hot dog. Or I could walk through the Aubrey section. Sorry, I got my crumb gear on. Yeah, go crumb. Aubrey's going to get beat. Go, Bobcats. And I'm going through the Aubrey section. I'm just getting a hot dog. Which way would you think I should go? Through the Aubrey section? Get out of the way, man. Or through the crumb section. I would choose the crumb section. But not Jesus. Jesus chooses the Aubrey section. You see what I'm saying? He goes through enemy territory because he's trying to find this woman at the well that he knows is there. And so here's where he's going and here's what's happening. And then in verse 6, Jacob's well was there. So here enters the well. And Jesus is about to relieve these three great burdens of this woman. But here's what's absolutely crazy. Listen to me about this woman. This woman has no friends. This woman is actually, there's, there, it was thought that there was an edict out in her town that she could not marry any more men. Because this woman had, in a sense, a scarlet letter, if you've ever read that book, on her. This woman was despised by not just the Jews, but the Samaritan people as well. Matter of fact, if you see that this woman said in verse 7, a woman from Samaria came to draw water and it was the sixth hour. You know what the sixth hour is? It's noon. Now, if you wake up in the morning and you want to make a cup of coffee, what do you need? Water. Uh-huh. She went at noon. Guess when everybody in the whole town goes to get water? Not at noon. You know why? It's hot at noon. You don't go get water at noon. Because if you get water in this time, I mean, this woman, check this out. This woman's getting a bucket, like she's putting on her head or something. She's carrying a thing. She's wink, 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 water. She carries it back. And that's how she gets water. 
Everybody does that in the morning and the evening because it's cool and that's the beginning and the end of the day. She goes at noon. Now, if nobody liked you and everybody thought you were the scum of the earth, why would you go get water at noon? Because nobody would see you. But there was one who came at noon to the well to meet this woman, to relieve her burdens and give her rest. He starts by doing this. There was this relational burden that this woman had. You guys ever have burdens relationally? You ever had a friend do you wrong? You ever had a, if you've ever had a girlfriend or boyfriend, like, break up with you and you're still best friends? Nope, you're not. You ever had something with a family member not go right? You ever been burdened in relationship? Think about this woman. She has no friends. Everybody despises this woman. And so here she is in this incredible burden of relationships. She's an outcast. She'd actually been divorced five, well, had five husbands, and the man she's with now isn't her husband. Do that math. So she doesn't have a very good track record with people. And she's, so she has this relational unrest. Now, be real smart here. Are there some kids, students in middle school, who will do anything, and I mean anything, to feel loved or accepted by friends or girlfriends or boyfriends? Yes. Is it a temptation for you to do it too? Yes. Why? Because you, like her, have an unrest relationally. She doesn't like it that no one likes her, and you wouldn't either. Matter of fact, guess where she tries to find that fulfillment? I'll give you a hint. She's tried six times. Husbands. Do you think the other husbands like the other husbands? Is she divorced? Is she unfaithful? Yes, yes, and yes. Why is she willing to compromise all those things? Because she has no relational rest. That's why. And so she has this, and she's looking for that. And, and this is why it's tough for us. It's like, it's, it's as if you got that hot dog at Crumb. We were at the Crumb thing, and I'm at the Crumb, and I got the hot dog. I walked through the Aubrey section. I got the hot dog. And then I walked back, and I decided to just sit in the Aubrey section. <laughs> and everybody hates me. <laughs> Go Bobcat. I mean, chaparrales. Woo. And they start punching me and throwing stuff at me. I don't know. Pretty soon, you know what I do? Yes. Silly bobcats. I don't like them anyway. Let's go chaparrales. Because there's this unrest in us relationally. She has it too. She's tried to find it in husbands, but she can't. She's tried six times. It ain't working. So here's what Jesus does. He says to her, give me. In verse 7, a drink. She says, give me a drink. And you know what? What does the woman say? Anybody have a Bible while I switch this mic out? Rock on. I'm a Jew... You're a, uh, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan woman. How are you going to ask me for a drink? Don't you hate me? 
don't you not like me? Watch this. Watch this in verse 10. Are you ready? He's about to relieve her relational burden. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he, he would have given you living water. He said, no, no, no. If you knew who was asking you, it's not about the water. If you knew that I was inviting this. By the way, who, what's she thinking right now? Who's the only people that would drink after me? My friends and my family. And Jesus says, count me as one of those. But see, this woman thinks as a Jew, you'll be unclean, drink after me. And Jesus says, no, don't you know I touch lepers and I heal them? You see, she doesn't know that she's encountered the one relationship that will relieve the burdens of all her relationships. She doesn't know that her burdens that she carries relationally will be relieved in the moment she enters into a relationship with this God man. She just doesn't know who he is. If you knew who I was, I'm not a husband, I'm a Messiah. He said, if you know what I would do, I'm not going to give you water from this well. I'm going to give you living water, which is salvation, something that will give you a joy and a peace and a comfort you'll never understand outside of that. So he says, girl, you missed the point. And he offers her relief relationally, saying, enter into a relationship with me. Then he, there's this physical burden that she has. She also has a physical one. In verse 11, she brings it up. She said, sir, I have, you have nothing to draw water with. The well is deep. Where are you going to get this living water? She doesn't get it. What do you mean living water? Like indoor plumbing? Like you going to get Ozarka to my house? What are you talking about? No. She said, are you greater than Jacob? Like it's his well. How are you going to give me water? That's a physical burden. Multiple times a day, this woman has to go and physically be burdened by getting water. And she wants that relieved. And Jesus says, because pain reveals our unrest. Your pain, emphasized maybe through these last few months, reveals where you're not resting, where you're burdened. It's revealed. And Jesus says, relationally, you'll find comfort and rest in me. And physically, you will in me as well. This is what you physically do. She says, give me indoor plumbing and I'll never have to show my face again and I can hide from the world. You ever feel that way? Just make it where I can hide from the world. When I was little, I used to tell my mom, Mama, I want to be a cat. My mom would say, oh, that's weird. I want to be a cat. I can remember this. Because all a cat does is sleep and eat and play. I want to be a cat. That's what I did, really. Sometimes I look at my big fat cat and go, that doesn't look too bad. But hiding from the world like a big fat cat is not an option. And Jesus says, look, I'm not saying I'm going to let you hide from the world and give you indoor plumbing and all that. You don't have to hide behind this world. Listen to me, listen to me. You don't have to hide behind your cheerleading status, your straight-A status, your athletic status, your parents' status, your money status. You don't have to hide behind that. That's a burden you don't have to carry. You know why? Because Jesus offers something here. Jesus offers rest. He offers rest when he says, because, because she asked this one person, verse 12, greater than Jacob, verse 13. He said, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. You'll never find satisfaction in this world. But he says this, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in him a spring of life. 
And the woman said, listen to this. Sir, give me this water so that I will not thirst and I won't have to come back to this well. No, you get it? She asked the one person who can relieve her of all of her burdens. All she has to do is say, Jesus, give me the water that you offer. So she goes, yeah, could you pipe in the plumbing to my house? Could you make me the starting quarterback? Because if I was, then my life relief from my burdens. Jesus goes, no. You ever pray to God, God, just give me this part in the play. That'll make life good. We're asking the one that can give us relief to give us a facade of something we think provides comfort, identity, and relief. See, this is what she's doing. Give me this relief, worldly relief, this water, this physical thing. And he goes, no, the relief from your physical burden is to realize that physical things will never bring you joy, relief, and satisfaction. Nor can they destroy it. Can COVID destroy that in you? No. Can COVID make it challenging and difficult and weird? Yes. Maybe Jesus is calling a world to say, I can, can, can put you out of control with a microscopic virus. You look to me, not a vaccine. I'm not, whatever about vaccine, not my point. Don't miss this. Vaccines are great. Jesus is a lot better. You see, he relieves this. And then he relieves a spiritual burden. <clears throat> so she physically has this burden. She uh, relationally has this burden. Jesus offered relief on both. And then spiritually he does. In 16 through 24, he says something amazing. Jesus, listen to this. This is the greatest Jesus juke in the Bible. Jesus says to her, 16, that, hey, Beatrice. I don't know her name. Go and call your husband to come here. I want to meet him. <laughs> Why is that funny? Because she got six. See, see what he did? Jesus said, I know your deepest, darkest secret. I know how grotesque you really are. But I'm still offering my relationship with you. I still want that through. And then she starts to go, oh, I see you're a prophet. And then she gets into this religious debate. Doesn't that happen sometime with Christians? You're like at school or something, and somebody hears you're a Christian, they go, oh, well, I think, oh, and you're like, oh, if I can just debate them and beat them in an argument, they're going to come to Jesus. Nope. You ever known anybody that just got humiliated in an argument and you were so rude to, and they go, God, I want to know your God. You're so smart and arrogant and mean. I want to know that God. No. So Jesus, this is a famous verse. He goes, listen, she starts debating on where you're supposed to worship. And he goes, look, there will be a day where you just worship in spirit and truth, woman. Your, your religion burdens you. Because your religion says, if I can only fix this, fix this, be better here, and perform enough for God, I'll be good. And Jesus says, no, let me relieve you of this spiritual burden you got, woman. And here's how he does it. He offers rest in all these things in the greatest verses of the story. Verse 25. This is amazing. You are going to be the smartest middle school person in the world in John chapter 4. The woman said to him, verse 25, read it if you have it. Oh, I'm reading your head. I know the Messiah is coming, 
That's after the religious debate. And he says, look, it doesn't matter. The religious debate doesn't matter. He said, there's a spirit. It's about your heart. You're going to worship the Messiah. And she goes, oh, 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 I know the Messiah is coming. I know the Messiah is coming. He who is called the Christ. Who's she talking to? That guy? She doesn't know it. When he comes, she doesn't believe it's him. He will tell us all these things. In other words, she says, religious prophet man, go away. When the Messiah comes, he'll tell me these things. Jesus says something that he doesn't say. It's the only time he says it before his trial. You see, in the book of John, uh, Jesus calls himself seven times the I am. It's a statement that comes from Moses. Whenever God says, or Moses says, um, God, who should I say sent me when I go out there and tell him to let me go? He said, you tell him Yahweh. It means I am who I am. You tell them I am sent you. She says the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he'll tell us all these things. And Jesus offers rest in one statement. He says this. The Greek reads this way. Jesus said to her, I am who speaks. The woman is trying to find rest relationally, physically, and spiritually through all her own efforts and all her own wisdom. And she says, when the Messiah comes, he'll give me rest. And Jesus said, I am who speaks. It's the only time Jesus identifies himself as Messiah before his trials and his crucifixion. I am. I am. Rest is offered to you today in Jesus alone. In a world full of COVID, Jesus is not off his throne. The Lord's arm has not grown short. In a season of COVID, when you look for relational rest, because relationships are fractured right now because we're distanced, spiritual unrest because, man, maybe it's a little tough not being in his church as much. Uh, physical unrest, meaning just physically things are just off, school, just the physical world. And Jesus says, if you find rest in me, you're looking in the wrong place. COVID cannot destroy the rest and the peace that Jesus gives. Verse 27, the disciples come back in. They said, hey, why are you talking to her? So the disciples came back in from town. And they go, whoa, Jesus, she's a Samaritan. Why are you talking to her, bro? Verse 28, the woman receives the rest. So the woman left her jar and went away into town. The jar is the one thing she was hoping in to relieve all of those burdens and she forgets about it. Have you ever had your mind on something so big and so vast and so amazing that you like forgot something so simple like your keys if you once you drive or whatever? One time I was going on a date with who is now my wife and I was at our, our family farm and I had my dog. I had an old dog and I don't have her anymore but I was at our farm and I was so excited to get back to the date that I'm getting in the car, I'm getting ready, I'm driving down the road and I get about 15 minutes down the road. My dog's name was Cammy, and I was 15 minutes down the road and I went, ah, Cammy! I left her there. I left my dog by herself in the middle of nowhere. I drive back and she's like running down the road, <laughs> you know. 
I was so excited about going on a date with this who was one day be my wife, I forgot my dog. This woman is so excited because she had met the Messiah that she forgets her jar. She forgets the one thing that she thought would bring her relief and rest and peace and comfort and she, because she had met the Messiah. Then, so her, that was her physical rest was in that jar. So physically, she didn't need a rest in that jar anymore. She forgot about it. Then look what she does. She goes into town and she does something she never does. She came to the people and said... She talks to people. This is a woman who hides from the world. And now she's just yelling at everybody. She has relational rest because she's realized her relationship with Jesus is paramount to anybody else's relationship on earth. That she goes and she starts talking to people. And then she even has religious rest when she says this. Come meet a man. He told me all I ever did. He told me how bad I really am. He knows about all my husbands. Oh, yeah, I got six. No, girl, not three, six. Yeah, so he knows all my husbands. Can this be the Christ? In a moment, Jesus relieves every burden this woman has. During a time that's really tough, during a time where we often look to Leo's, to Weo's, to find rest. And we get them and we hold them and we made the team and we got the girl and our parents got us the thing or the A's came in and we realize we still don't have the rest. Rio doesn't do it. You know what did it for Cam? When I would pick him up and I would hold him in his arms and I would say, I love you just like you are. I love you when you're crying. I love you when you're grumpy. It created a phrase that we use till today with all of our boys. We say, I tell them, I love you all the time. I love you all the time. And I want them to know that all the time I love them. No matter what, no matter what they're doing or what they're not doing, I love them all the time. You know why I want them to know that? I want my boys to know I love them all the time because when they come around me, I want them to feel rest. I love them all the time no matter what. You feel unrest? Do you feel burdened? Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary. I'll give you rest. Stop looking in the weos. What's your weo? What do you look for to rest that doesn't always come true? Or it makes you conform into something you're not, your faith. Because you'll give anything for that. Father, I pray that we would be like this woman and we would forget our jars, that we would forget these things in this world that we look to to give us rest because this world cannot, never will, does not offer rest. I pray, Lord, that like this woman, relationally, if all of our friends betrayed us, it would sting, but relationally, you are the relationship we desire. That you made a way to call us sons and daughters through the gospel, that if we would simply believe in the person of Jesus, his death and resurrection, that you would love us all the time, no matter what, and this woman, Lord, that she realized that when she starts going, come meet this man who knows about all my husbands and all my sin and all my garbage, that he loves me anyway. I pray for these middle schoolers, Lord, that in the middle of a tough, tough time, that they would find rest in the Messiah. Not in the world, not in their efforts, not in what we would call religion, but what we would call a relationship and salvation through the person of Jesus.
It's in his name we ask it.